It is Thursday night. You know what that means. The Comics Pals are live. We have Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Tyler. Hi. And I'm your host, Sean, to talk about five of How this many? week's five of this week's biggest books here on Pals Pulls. First up, we have Flash number one. That's the book on the marquee today. That's the big. That's the big new number one. I'm so excited to show this cover off. I was geeking out when I saw it for this next book. Uh, this is this is Power Girl number one. Oh, is that the uh, oh, V Ken Marion? I don't even know, bro. It's just so beautiful. Um, yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, for podcast only listeners, I highly encourage you to uh, to uh, take a look at the YouTube to see this cover that I have here because it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I thought I thought it, your level of excitement. I thought it would be a lot sluttier. No, no, I, I genuinely <laughs> was... just think the. I think she looks no, like good. this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I can tell you who the um, artist is. It's John Boy Myers. I should have known that. John Boy Myers. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So if you if you if you couldn't see what I showed, then look up the John Boy Myers variant for Power Girl, and uh, it's it's really awesome. We've also got Ultimate Invasion number four, the eight ninety nine comic book uh, that uh, I'm not happy I bought. Uh, Avengers <laughs> number five. The eight ninety nine comic book you're not happy you bought, <laughs> and the immortal Thor number two, a four ninety nine comic that I'm very happy I bought. Yeah, that's more like it. That's more like yeah, it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's kick things off with the Flash. Hello, by the way, to everybody that's watching live. Thank you for joining us. No matter when you're hearing this, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Leave us a like if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, whatever other platform you guys know how to how to support we appreciate that let's talk about the flash flash number one written by none other than cy spurrier with art by mike deodato jr one of my favorite comic book artists of all time uh trish mulville on colors and letters by the great hassan atzman el how so quite a creative team we all had reservations, and by we all, I mean the people on this panel, all had reservations about this specific creative team on The Flash. Could these individually great pieces, these individually great creators, come together and to do something? <laughs> wow. <laughs> to do something great with The Flash, everybody's favorite speedster. The answer from me is a resounding not quite. Not yet. Mm. The answer for me. It's not it's not a full endorsement, but I had a good time. Uh, the answer for me, if we're, we're keeping that bit going, uh, the answer for me is honk shoe, honk shoe, me, me, me. Uh, I was dead asleep during this one. This one was the slowest Flash comic I've read in years, and I was not into it. I feel that. Yeah. Um. I I definitely feel that. It's so it's it starts off, uh, with a sequence that, you know, immediately got on my nerves, because 
that first those first few pages where we're watching um Bart with uh this other guy uh, Max Mercury I, baby yeah you. I'm not I'm not sure if I've ever seen this person you um, probably haven't <laughs> uh you know it's got the trappings of the things that I don't love about Cy Spurrier's writing uh immediately it's got the here are 7000 nicknames for this character just like he did in uncanny spider-man number 1 a few weeks ago um remember when they ran, rattled off oh, all yeah. those yeah um you know it's got a weird look into maybe the future maybe the sideways which they try to you know call out here which i'm sick to death of i feel like every first issue of a comic starts with a, a, a peering into to the future or something of that nature um so that was frustrating and then it's like, then you look at this page, right? And it's a lot of words. Yeah. It's a lot. And that was the general theme throughout. And it's tough. Yeah. They're not bad words all the time. All the, Not all the time. <laughs> but <clears throat> so the, the complaint here. Uh, that I've seen mostly is that it feels slow. And for me, what's interesting about that is, believe it or not, that feels on purpose. I feel I feel like Spurrier is really trying to let us live with Wally in in that way of you know in between the ticks of a second and with all these words boy you really live in it <laughs> um but i i and i feel like with these um time bubbles or whatever gorilla grods creating i feel like that's going to come into play yeah for me it wasn't it wasn't necessarily i did think it was slow um, but I'm not sure that was the writings issue. Th- there is no kinetic- kineticism with Diodato's art. I'm sorry. Like everyone is frozen and and I think you're being generous by saying it's on purpose. I just think that's how Diodato's art is. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm saying it by Spurrier's. Sure. Okay, I have complaints yeah. about the art. Yeah. I think Diodato's art is, I don't want to say lifeless because I think those those pages that you specifically pulled out, Kel, with uh, with uh, uh, Linda, um, yeah. were were actually pretty good. Um, but the actual action scenes, like all the gorilla people, they don't they have like cybernetic masks on because Diodato can't draw gorillas. Um, so it's it's uh, the Flash just looks like he is he's stopping time, and I know maybe this sounds this sounds good, uh, but it it doesn't look good. Um, it looks like he put stickers on a page, if that makes sense. Like, like they have a flash sticker. He threw it on a background because um, nothing is moving. Uh, with a flash artist, I want something where I can see the speed and I can feel the speed. And this was just dead to me. Did you guys have that um, Spider-Man, the animated series? Um, it's like a – it was a computer game that you could sort of create your own yes. scene. Was it That's like sort of what Tyler's describing here. <laughs> I love that game. Dude. I was thinking of like great. I was thinking like Cartoon Orbit, but I figured that'd be a really deep, weird reference that nobody would get. And proven. Okay. You were right. 
Uh, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about what I think you know, Sai and 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 Diodato are trying to get across with this issue. Um, so we're we're following Wally, who you know maybe you guys as more seasoned DC readers, and I say that as someone who's been reading DC for fifteen years, but maybe you guys as more seasoned DC readers are more used to this than I am. But until they said this was Wally, I thought it was Barry, because I. Th- I don't know. I just, they seem to do similar stuff and have similar personalities. Um, but uh, that was, that was what I was thinking, but it's, it's Wally immediately dealing with gorilla Grodd and these gorillas that have this crazy new technology that, all right, sure. Gorilla Grodd's a smart dude. Uh, he can have cool things, I guess. Um, there's this other potential speedster that they seem to be dealing with. And the general theme of the issue seems to be that the speed is the speed force is off. Something is wrong. It's a Tuesday um, for a speedster. Right. And that looking forward or backward is not the answer to solving this problem. <clears throat> Meanwhile, his wife is dealing with having lost her access to the speed force and just having to be a mother at home. While Wally and all the kids get to be, you know, the fastest humans alive. I thought, I think all of that sounds fantastic. Honestly, the stuff with Linda, I thought that was all laid out nicely. I really like what Sai laid down with her. I thought that was cool. I like the idea that Wally doesn't quite see what's coming because he looks at life a certain way and he's not able to see all the angles. I think that's all great. For some reason, putting all of that together on the page it didn't work as well everything i just said i'm excited about but when i read it i didn't enjoy myself and that's the problem that i had and part of it is the art but part of it is the overly wordiness i feel like these points could have been made with less yeah there were there were a lot of like you know what i said earlier about wally us coming in with Wally to live in between the ticks of a second, right? Is like, that's cool. We get to listen to Wally's thought process. The problem with that, especially when there's already so much happening on the page, yeah, is that not only are we seeing his thought process, which is already really scattered, Spurrier can't help himself he adds even more little asides yeah and it's it's so infuriating because that would make it bearable if if it were just captions like and i do feel like every one of spurrier's characters um i don't know are they all lit fans like <laughs> all of them have to have the most flowery yeah internal monologue ever like can we just like i feel like wally of all people is not a guy like that do you remember tyler i don't i don't know if you were uh reading the flash do you remember when he was a mechanic is that during mark wade's run dude yeah dude literally just worked on cars and then he was the flash it's back when (laughs) it was things were a little more simpler (laughs) yeah uh yeah but like that's what i mean like i don't think every character needs to be you know shakespearean in in their internal dialogue you know like that's not how i think that maybe that's how marco thinks out of out of the four of us possibly 
Um, well, he's a robot. But that's that's one out of four. Uh, Siceberger, it's it's four out of four in every one of his characters. Um, and like it's written well, like it it, it there is craft there. Uh, but take, <laughs> I want to say take that shit to novels, buddy. But you know, like it's in comic books that just feels like all right, everyone feels the same. Well, and I think part of craft is finding ways to tell stories how you tell them. But in this in this space in comics, when you're writing with characters that are not created by you, it's also integrating your style into this world that exists outside of what you do. Um, and so I don't think every character should sound the same as all the characters that I read in every other Sizeburger book. And that's how I feel. Even if they're not saying the same words or saying them in the same ways and everybody's so verbose, it's like, you know, I do believe he's talented, but I just, this doesn't feel like Flash to me. Um, and the art, look, Tyler, you and I both, I don't know how we haven't done a Thunderbolts book club, yeah. but you and I both, Mike Diodato killed it. But yeah. in that comic book, when I think about that book, I don't think about the action parts, not because they weren't good. I think about the drama and the way that he was able to bring the drama to life was phenomenal. This doesn't feel flash. Doesn't feel like the place for this type of art. Not to me. Diodato is one of those artists for me that I think it heavily depends on which book he's on. Cause like, I, I do think like this art is fine. Like you put this on, uh, what did he do recently with a, uh, it was at AWA. I think it was. Yeah. 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 That, that robot book. Um, not all robots. Not all robots. With Mark yeah. Russell worked great for that book. I mean, it helps that the guy. The guy is very photo referencing, so like he can draw robots really well. It's the same, you know, issue with uh, the guy who did Darth Vader. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Laroca, Laroca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where I think it, it, there are strengths that it, that it works in. Uh, but like, if you had told me what's the what's the character that Diodato is least suited for, I would have said the Flash. You know, um, it's. It's not what I expect for it. It maybe maybe something's coming, but like I feel like the way he's using these panels to kind of be a little, a little different. It's it's not different. They're, the 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 way the panels are broken up, it almost looks like he put the panel layout over his art as opposed to yeah. incorporating his art in the panels. Mm, yeah. Um, almost like if you just put like this this transparent layer over it and then put the word bubbles on it. Um, he doesn't utilize which it. I, I yeah to a degree I found that sort of interesting um when i first opened the book and you know was going through the wally parts i was like okay i'm kind of into this uh but it's it sort of got on my nerves pretty quick um i did really like the um the weird pages you know where yeah. where wally first you know gets his his big warning or whatever with the purple ant aliens or whatever I thought that was cool. That was a, a real cool showcase for Diodato, I think. Yeah. Um, but the the pages I I picked out for for this, um, I just like, especially in the uh, yeah, in the scene with um, uh, Mister Terrific. I don't know what's going on there, man. Terrific, just look. Whoa. He looks like he is several different character models on any given panel 
crazy bad. The the writing did terrific dirty too. Like whoever he was talking to, he was like, "Oh, you forgot to carry the decimal." There is no universe where Mister Terrific's math is wrong. None. Agreed. I also felt like that scene. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being nitpicky. That uh, it's that was sorry. That was ter- uh, terrific. Correcting the other guy. I just was it? At it okay. Maybe I was yeah. reading the bubbles wrong. Uh, but hey, murky art then. <laughs> Easy to do. But that scene for me uh, is is where I felt like I came out of the book because yeah. I was like, dude, you you're not going to impress me by writing how much you know about math. I don't care. Like, why are we in this moment right now? These comic books are very expensive, and I don't care about your flex. It's not that interesting. Don't throw that stuff at me. Throw the the character at me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just felt like that's not what I was being served. I was hey. if every time I read a Cy Spurrier book, it feels like I'm reading about I'm reading a guy who really wants me to know that he's really smart and he can write really well. And I already get that. You're yeah. getting Spurrier explained comics. <laughs> yep. Yo, yes. You hit the nail on the head. And like Wally's a yeah. character like that's so built on a heart and and family and just like happiness in a way. You know like the uh, and the sad parts that happen with throughout happiness as well. But like yeah. uh, the way this is written and the way that it's drawn is almost antithetical to that to the core of who Wally is, which I'm all for if you can tell me something interesting when doing that. But so far this hasn't gotten me. It's only the first issue. So far. Yeah, I'll still give this an, uh, an issue, too, even though I probably wouldn't pull it. I'm, and, and you know what? I'm going to surprise everybody right now. I'm going to say pull, and here's why. As much as I said negative things, I also had some positive opinions. And honestly, from a story perspective only, like where what the plot is and what has kind of been built up in this first issue, if this had a creative team that I liked more, I'd I'd be hooked. I'd be hooked. So I'm curious to see how they're going to follow this up, if the story is going to be worth following. So I will buy the next one, whether we review it or not. So that because of that, I'll say pull. Uh, pick of the week. Stop that. I enjoyed it. I really did. I found it to be the most interesting thing that we read. I got questions later. I got questions later. Oh, I might piss you off too, Sean. Um, But yeah, no, pass for me. (laughs) I don't think so. If you didn't, if you didn't say that that's your pick of the week. Oh, well you might say Avengers. And if you do, then yeah, you're right. Yeah. His will be Avengers. Yeah. Then, okay. Then yeah, I will be pissed. Um, (laughs) Matt Murphy says blink twice. If DC has you at gunpoint. Hey, listen, DC has done right by me. It's DC's that's the villain. Yeah. Sean, if if, yeah, if you're at gunpoint, Sean, uh, can you at least ask them to put us on the uh, press list while you're at it? Why would they do that for me, bro? I'm at gunpoint. They don't care yeah, about I'm us. I'm just saying, if you got someone's ear. Well, uh, hey, if you guys care about us, 
We appreciate that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. If you want to show your support, the absolute best way to do that is to head on over to patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we are always giving you some bang for your buck. We appreciate everybody that supports us. We've got a lot of content over there. Our newsletter, which goes out one a week from each of us or from one of us, rather, um, an exclusive show called Palling Around. The most recent one, we talked about our experience with Comicsgate. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> um, and, of course, you guys know we give you a nickname and a shout-out on the show, on the main show, Saturdays, which is every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. You can listen to that live right on YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals, 6 p.m. Eastern, on Thursdays, for this very show, Pals Pools. Uh, the listener pick poll, the book we're about to talk about, Power Girl, is the, the winner of the listener pick poll. If you guys want to participate in that, you can go to our YouTube.com slash the Comics Pals page and vote in the poll, which goes up every Friday and closes every Wednesday. So you've got a grip of time to vote. We appreciate everybody that does. Now let's find out if the book that won the poll was worth it this week because you guys did us dirty last week you did us dirty naughty naughty listeners what, what was last week wasn't that um was that uncanny spider-man oh yeah no, no that was a good book yeah, yeah, it was. Oh. yeah oh my god all right you did me dirty you did <laughs> hey, you did hey. me dirty i legitimately was like what did they do that i liked uh oh it was spider-man okay yeah. or nightcrawler <laughs> oh my goodness uh, hello, everybody in the chat. Hello, Kingdom of Nerds. Welcome, you guys. Good to see you all. Let's talk Power Girl. We've got Power Girl number one, written by Leah Williams, with pencils by Eduardo Pencia. Uh, good to see him. It's been a while. Um, inks by Julio Ferreira. Oh, excuse me, Ferreira. I'm all over the map. Uh, colors by Romulo Ferriardo Jr. and letters by Becca Carey. So Leah Williams has been writing Power Girl for a little while now. Uh there were the there was the special issue uh that they had that we I think we really liked and then there was some amount of backups that she was in. Um so uh she's been working with Power Girl for some time. And she's finally getting to do her own thing in a full-fledged series as far as we know. It's not touted as a mini that can always change. Um, but this is her, this is her real at bat. And I think I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love it the way that I loved the power girl special that we all raved about because that felt like it was yeah. deeply analytical of power girl and of her story and of what's been going on with her. And that was my first window, not boob window, but window into this character. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought Leah Williams did a great job. What's up, Kale? Was that the one with the the red guy? With the mask? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one yeah, where, okay. like, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. the yep. Marguerite Sauvage on art. Very, very yes. good-looking book. Yeah. And there was, like, the big yes. special issue that was, like, that we enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This felt like more typical fare than that. And yeah. I think that's what I didn't love about it. Like, Leah Williams' writing is great. I love what she wants to do with Power Girl and stuff like that. I appreciate that Power Girl is presented as vulnerable but capable. Um, I like that. But it just felt very sort of, you know, pedestrian in a way. 
I felt like it had to because it's Power Girl number one. I think it had to reestablish all of that groundwork that you know we got at the end of that special. Um, because of the new number one, you kind of have to state the mission statement again. So it felt like it, Leah was reiterating a lot of the stuff that she had previously laid down um, in the special, which I don't really think it's a her issue, but more like you just it's an issue one, you know, like. Who knows if you read the Power Girl special that was two yeah. months prior to this? Yeah. Um, so that's just the nature of an, a, you know an issue one. Um, so because of that, I think it was lacking a bit, uh, and I felt like it kind of sped through all of that. Like it feels like it's done now. So I feel like issue two can actually run with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a pretty solid issue. You know, I like her take on the character. Um, I like that even in her uh, her secret alter ego. She still has a boob window. Yeah. Um, uh, Le- Leia's pretty much uh, making sure that stays. Um, and I like Omen as a, as a side character. Uh, uh, Leia does really... I love the way Leia writes girlfriends. Yeah. Um, like exterminators, great. Um, yeah. That's yeah. so... Uh, especially if this, this supporting cast can grow a bit, uh, I think this book has some real potential. Yeah. I guess... I guess... What I meant by my criticism, and 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 it can be addressed in future issues, is that it really felt like Leah Williams wanted us to understand who Power Girl is, and did such a wonderful job exploring that in the first issue in in that special. I wasn't so sure that this was doing that. This felt more like it was focused on. Yeah, her insecurities about like Superman and stuff like that, but it it felt like a dumbed down version of what we got already. And I want this to be willing to go deeper. I don't want it to be dumbed down. I don't want a basic superhero comic. I feel like Power Girl has probably had some of those already, and this is an opportunity to try something else. And that's what I would have appreciated. But I understand also what you're saying, even though that was my introduction to Power Girl. So I don't know. It feels like the spark notes of it, of what we've read previously. You know what I mean? <laughs> the spark notes in comic book form. Yeah. Yeah. Top Lane says, is Superman the new dad of DC? Like, he did the same thing in Ice and Fire. Bro's becoming so annoying to see. They got to be careful with that. I agree. Um, it's a narc. I think that those kinds of aspects in Superman's character are what lead people to call him boring. It's the Boy Scout thing. Mm. And you can only see that so many times and he's got a son, an actual son, and then he's helping raise those two kids from uh, War World or whatever. Like he's kind of the dad of DC, and I don't know. There's uh, like I'm into him being a, a genuine, actual father. I'm not into him being everybody's daddy figure. Like he's babysitter. Her, yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah, yeah. This definitely isn't the first time we've seen that, and you know, and not even like. Like this time period isn't even specifically unique. I feel like, um, you know, when before, when people wanted something uh, to be serious, they'd have Superman show up out of nowhere. You know, um, so I don't know, but yeah, it feels especially with the new Superman status quo, it feels annoying. Yeah. Um, and it felt, uh, I, it felt 
bad here. Like especially bad. Like I it didn't it felt it felt naggy. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I have this problem with superhero comics where it's like superheroes have a job that's insane, right? Yeah. And Every single one of them, including Superman, many times has made mistakes, done things that led to unnecessary unnecessary casualties and things like that. So why is his approach to be a, a, a not angry, just disappointed dad when she doesn't handle something exactly correctly when neither does freaking he? You know, it's just so, yeah. I don't know. And And I thought that there was more nuance to her feelings about Superman's feelings about her in the special. Whereas in this one, it just becomes, Oh, he's her, her babysitter. He's her mentor. Who's disappointed. Cause she don't, she's not perfect. Eh. Well, and even, even in that special, I feel like Superman came off better because he was like, no, it's cool. This stuff happens. We're by you. Yeah, exactly. Kale, is this the first time her costume has included the Superman emblem? Uh, I would think so. I think so. Okay, yeah. But you know, because she's part of yep. this team, she's you know, it's it's a part of the jacket. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, I I did love the art. I thought yeah, I thought the art was uh was great. Um, you know, it has like a. I always I always like want to say manga but that doesn't feel right necessarily but it has like a i don't know i love the posing of the characters like here's a great example of what i'm talking about like this punch mm. uh from supergirl it just looks so cool and it looks so dynamic and i love the the like i don't know how to describe this here but the the speed lines yeah the, thank you the yeah. speed lines i love mm. this i love the inclusion of the speed lines it's small things that they give panels life when she when she punches through reality or whatever, that looked really awesome. Can you can you show um, that, Sean? Because I, I forgot yeah. to pull that page, but I did want to talk about that. Yeah, like just using the panels to do that to show that. Yeah, um, where her power to punch through time and space is now essentially a way of incorporating the negative space and panel work. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I think it kind of separates and- her from the other superhero, uh, Superman adjacent characters as well. I also thought that uh, the you know the 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 page also telling us oh we're in Metropolis on this side of the page, but then on the other on the bottom half we're in the Mariana Trench. It helped to sell. I was like at first I was like okay it looks like she's just getting in water, but oh. when I looked at the page again I was like oh she just like went through reality right there like yeah. that was yeah. pretty clever. It's very uh, uh, crisis and inf- uh, uh, or uh, infinite crisis with you know mm. Superboy Prime and stuff. Yeah, um, which Pantica, is yeah, but, which is what the power is based on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Pantika has been putting out some pretty pretty quality stuff for a while now, um, and I do think there is a bit of anime manga influence in it as well. Sean, I agree. Um, what's What's interesting about that is I feel like it gets more standard American sort of. It almost looks. Um, like by the style. end, it almost looks um sort of uh, uh forgive the forgive the reference point, but uh uh 
Oh, no, don't forget the. I'm going to use a different one. It almost looks uh, Phil Jimenez y toward the end. All right. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I can see that. I think Manteca. Go ahead. Sorry. I think the same guy worked on some of the Tom Taylor Suicide Squad, if I remember correctly. Um, I yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, or or the one preceding. I'm looking it up right now. Actually, it's the one preceding it with Peacemaker. It was the uh, Dennis Hopeless Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well, in any event, I thought the art was was standout, and and again, I think Leo Williams does a solid job. This is a comic book that I think is going to have to do some work to justify itself, but I think the creative team is good enough that I I believe that 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 will come. So I'm gonna say pull for those reasons. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I liked it. I had fun. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a pull. It's a pull for me too. Yeah. Good, uh, good listener pick. Yes. Good job, listeners. You redeemed yourselves in my eyes, at least. And like I said, if you want to vote, um, you can do that every single Friday to Wednesday on youtube.com slash the comics pals under the community tab. Remember, you have to hit the community tab to be able to to uh, see the vote unless it just comes up on your feed. Anyway. Let's get into the Marvel sandbox. The 899 Juggernaut, known as Ultimate Invasion, number four. Ultimate Inflation, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) How did it take four reviews to get that out of you? Great question. I got no response to that. All right. Well, Jonathan Hickman. With art by Brian Hitch, pencils by Brian Hitch, uh, inks by Andrew Curry, colors by Alex Sinclair, letters by Joe Carabagna. So this is the end. This is the this is the establishing shot of the Ultimate Universe. This is what is establishing what that's going to be, what we can expect, who the players are, maybe, could be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe your tone yep. on that was honestly perfect, Sean. Because <laughs> yep, thank uh, you. it was a confusing tone for a confusing book. Yeah, mm. yeah, I had questions, I didn't get answers. Uh, yep, here's the thing I had questions, I didn't get answers, and I'm not sure I care to even get the answers. <laughs> this, yeah, this did nothing for me. I genuinely feel like. You could have you could eliminate all of this, right? And just start with ultimate ultimate yeah. number one, whatever, and then yep. that's it. This was so let's see, the first issue was ten dollars, nine ninety-nine, and then I believe each subsequent issue was eight ninety-nine or some something in that realm. So over thirty dollars spent on this, right? And after four issues. Some hundred, some odd pages. I am not actually clear at this moment what the Ultimate Universe is, whether or not we should be thinking about seeing the Ultimate Universe from before. I don't know who Spider-Man is. Don't know where Miles Morales is. Not sure what happened to the Illuminati from issue one. Don't know why they stopped chasing the Maker. I don't know anything. 
And they found Captain America in ice when every single issue of this comic book has had Captain America in it. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's funny. Dan in the comments says, uh, uh, please tell me there isn't a last caption that says the beginning. No, there's not a last caption that says it. But there, the last word is the beginning. <laughs> Uh, which, if you can call that, that's bad. Yeah. I, I just don't understand the need to explain this. Explain what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, specifically the launch of whatever the ultimate line is going to be. You know, like, if you're just starting a, a line... Start it. Like, why Why do you need to explain it? Especially right now. And with this. Like. Uh, ultimate confusion is how I feel about this. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, who's it, feeding you these lines? <laughs> I, got a, I got a guy in uh, Brevoort in my ear right now. Um, yeah, I don't know uh, what the point of it was. Like, it, it doesn't even feel like. It neatly set up the universe to be an accessible one, like, like if we just got to. Yep. Like, uh, it's – and also, like, I like Hitch sometimes, <laughs> um, but none of it felt like – if I'm talking about Diodato being, you know, stiff, this is extra stiff. Uh, the best, The best compliment I can give this book is that whatever that Ultimate Doctor Doom was, that dude was cool looking. That's about it. <laughs> Dude, I see. Okay, that's the other side of the review that I want to do. Because there were things in this book that I really liked. I actually have enjoyed, I'm enjoying the relationship between Howard, Reed, and the Maker. And the way that Kang, the idea of Kang, fits into all of that. And it seems like Hickman is turning Kang... He's turning the Stark family into, like, the the legacy of Kang, if you will. That's yeah. what I got out of it. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And the maker made Reed Doom because he sees himself as the enemy. He is the ultimate enemy of himself. And he hates that this, is, that this Reed gets to be Reed Reed while he's got to be Reed with half a head. Um, it almost casts him, him, even the maker in a doom like role, because the reason Dr. Doom wears the mask is because he is this figure. So there's like all these layers of, of, you know, innuendo and things like that, that I really liked where the book would lose me is when I saw 10,000 of the same character on the page. You don't like a lot I of wobs. <laughs> no, I don't know what that's about. Still to this day, I'm not sure why that was happening so often. I don't care, actually. And from a visual standpoint, when I see shit like this Captain America, <laughs> who looks like like he's got like plastic man's like look at his stomach. It's like it's like warping. That's it a does, that thing. doesn't look normal. That's that, that's crazy. H it Hitch looks like he's sucking his gut in and he has no guts. Hitch gives everyone like Taylor Swift long back syndrome. Okay. Like everyone's right. at, like like torso which is a little a little a little bit too long. Everyone looks like they could be an antelope. Yeah, everyone kind of looks like Stretch Armstrong in a way. 
yeah, like what the hell? What what like why would you get Hitch for this? I still think Hitch has a lot left in the tank. I think Hitch is talented. I don't stand for Hitch disrespect. But this is not the book that he should be drawing. It's just not. I'm sorry. It doesn't look right. Hitch is there because of his history with the Ultimates. Like, that's the right. only reason he's there. I don't think he should be for, like, like imagine how Asad Riddick drew this. You know, like, I know Kale's not a fan, but, like, I feel like, that, good. <laughs> I feel like that would, it, 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 it pairs with Hickman a little better. I don't think Hitch works with Hickman. Well, Hitch, I think the problem is Hitch is wasted here because of the reference. Because because of the history. Sure. Right. Yeah. But who you cares? Know? It feels like a yeah. tribute album, if anything. But with no one who was in the band. All the characters weren't or, in the band. Or or the band gets played over itself over and over and over again. But so it's just noise. Help me out. Someone, whether it's Kale or Tyler or someone in the someone who's listening to this at some point. Can someone explain to me what this book had to do with the Ultimates other than, and I'm talking the Ultimate Universe, other than the fact that the Maker was here? Because it's not the Ultimate Universe. It doesn't have Miles in it. As far as I'm aware, none of these characters are the versions from that world. This is a new world. So what does this have to do with the Ultimates? If it's paying tribute and it's setting up a new Ultimates, where's the connective tissue? It's literally just the maker. It's the maker and somehow Iron Man's suit winds up looking the same. That's about it. Because it's not even the same Iron Man. Right. This is clunky. And it's Captain America has the same suit. And there's there's all that. But like, why? Is it because that's how the maker remembers them? That's the way he knows those people? Like, I don't don't get it. Did he create this universe? Or was it when he found that was close? Do you remember? At this point, man, brother, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I thought he created it. I thought that's what happened in the first one, but maybe not. I really don't know. And I'm not even saying that I don't know because it was not in the in the book. I'm saying I don't know because I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't yeah. feel like I got what I was supposed to get out of this. And yeah. I do think it's clunky. I'm with you. And I'm afraid. Uh, okay. Well, I think we're going to talk about some more ultimate stuff later. So I don't want to yeah. go yeah. too far ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, man, I wanted to like this so very badly. I think that when it comes to world building and things like that, Hickman is the best in the business. And I thought we were going to get like a, like a, a new Avengers or a secret warriors, like, real deep build mode of something epic that would then be expanded upon into the crowning of the ultimates universe. But I don't even understand what, what, what is the foundation here? I genuinely don't even understand what the foundation is that we're coming into. It made me feel dumb, you know, like, like, I'm like, I know I I read this book. I read it. And it feels like I didn't. Yeah, like I feel like I – I've if this is the world we have to work with, I'm struggling with what the conflict is going forward. 
is Ultimate Spider-Man gonna fight the Maker? You know, right. you know, is the the city? That's what that thing is called, right? The Maker's yeah. place. The city so. is the is the city just in the middle of this Maker Kingdom, and that's you know what we have to deal with in this new Ultimate Universe. I yeah I don't like if that's if that's what we're dealing with I I guess that could be interesting but does that mean that the ult, the whole ultimate situation is just to fight the maker and also it seeded our 616 read having or, or our Illuminati. Like it starts off with that. Remember the first issue it right. never pays any of that off. I, I I have to think that's just to get him to get the maker out of 616. Sure. They might yeah. come for him later, you know, but for the purposes of this, I have to imagine that's just place setting for the maker. But didn't, didn't the maker go to Miles's house? Yeah, and wake him up from from sleep or whatever. Yeah, to Asshole. say hey, yeah, right, like dirtbag. Yeah, seriously. to say hey, man, do you want to like I'm remaking the universe. You want to go hang out over there? Like, yeah. didn't he say that? This is yeah. not yeah. that. Like, yeah. what is this? That's what Miles said. Nah, I'm gonna do it my own way. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, like on fire, like seed seed that stuff, and then like not even a, a hint of it later. You know what I mean? Like it just feels yeah. this doesn't even feel like an end. First of all, an issue four, like it's it's thing. Yeah. And I guess it's not. It's the beginning. So job right. job what, well done. What what was ultimate about this? What was invaded about this? Like, uh, the price and my wallet. Yeah, I feel yeah. I definitely feel like my wallet was invaded. Um and then we're left with this like faux Illuminati of you know, people who are going to run the world behind the scenes, like yeah, no, all that I didn't understand. You you wow. weren't a fan of a uh, Marvel's Lazarus? No, bro. <laughs> like maybe it can work, but these characters are odd, cho oddly chosen, and Hick none of Hickman's like, in my opinion, none of Hickman's like great character work was present with any of those people. And the only thing that's interesting about a cabal like that is the interrelationships and their personalities. I don't care about seeing rich, elite characters. Wow. They're not compelling. They were not presented in a compelling fashion. So why is that interesting to me going forward? Anyway. This is not worth buying. I'm sorry. Oh, not at all. I'm sorry. I would not get on. I would not feel comfortable getting on this podcast, all credit to everybody involved in working on this book. I do not see why anyone needs to read this thing, this mini. I don't see why. It's over $30 to purchase it in full, I believe. And there's nothing here that's so necessary to know that you cannot read Ultimates number one or Ultimate Spider-Man number one whenever that comes out. I just don't buy it. Yeah. Maybe check it out on your Marvel Unlimited subscription in six months, but like that's as that's as much as I can give it. Yeah, but like for what? <laughs> like you know, 
like at most. If you're, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, we are here to tell you nothing came out of this. Yeah, like if you're a completionist, whether it be a Hickman completionist or a Hitch completionist or whatever, like if that's how you roll, cool. I would never have skipped this. I'm not that type of reader. But if budget is on your mind or you just don't necessarily care all that much anyway, this is the thing you can skip in my mind. Get Ultimus number one. I'm sure it'll be great. This is skippable. And probably down the line, all of this will make sense. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's what I say about first issues. Like, if you're not going to get me, you can't have me. Right. Like, and all this will probably be re-explained anyway. All the yeah. all the most relevant bits will be re-brought up somehow. In someday. a in a in a a a, 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 a credits page, a, a previous previously on. And could that not have been done? Could that not have been? Could we not have seen the maker quickly interact with Miles? The maker escape six one six, and then show there was a great war. The maker warred with. Kang and Howard Stark was there and Reed Richards was there and they made this bomb and now there's this huge fucking dome on Earth and now here we are and we found Captain America. Could that not have been a five page uh, exposition dump? That would have pissed me off in a different way, but <laughs> yeah. D- d- what what hurts more when your wallet is 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 messed with or you get a quick exposition dump that's like, okay, maybe this was a little clunky. This shit took oh, my whole summer up. And my you haven't left the off. house. <laughs> yeah, man. Pass. Sorry, Jonathan. It's a pass. Yeah, it's a, it's a pass for me, too. Hard pass. Let's talk about Tyler's pick of the week. It is. It is. <laughs> cover of the week, I know. too. That's a great cover. Uh, wait, which cover are you? Come which on. cover? I got the, the uh, cover the, A. The... Yeah, that one. This? Yeah, it's a good cover. You think, man. Okay, Tyler. Well, so let me get through the creative team first, and then I will. I'm going then we, to. I, then I want, we can argue about the covers. I don't even want to argue. I want you to tell us the the viewing audience, sure, uh-huh. why this was your pick of the week. So, Got Jed it. McKay, yep, art by Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Federico Blee, letters by Corey Pettit, and now the floor is yours, my friend. I think where I read this in my list of books highly affects my feelings on it. Um, I read this after Flash. I read this after Ultimate Invasion. And I read this after Immortal Thor. My brain hurt. There was I was reading too many words. This was just simple fun. This is Avengers fighting some new cool looking bad guys. This is this is your this is you playing with your toys in your backyard. Um, there's no real, there's no, like, there's not even like really stakes involved. There's nothing really there, but I just thought it was kind of neat. What's that, uh, Kale, uh, did you watch Simpsons when and Marge is holding the potato? It's just neat. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of neat. That's how I feel about this book. I have a one word rebuttal. Still. I also have a one word rebuttal. No. For those of you who don't know, that is a reference to the issue itself. Because all the Avengers say no. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
quick recap or not recap but summary of what's going on here the avengers are still fighting some guys uh they've been fighting these same guys the book (laughs) for five issues or four issues whatever it's been um you know fighting some guys i feel like the guys are still sort of introducing themselves yep um they're on dates yep and uh the dates are getting hot and heated hot and heavy there was some cool stuff. I liked the the vision fight with uh with uh I don't recall her name. Uh, they had, she had like the a ro- weird yeah mechanical name or something. Yeah, yeah. the robot um Lady. one of the Ash Meridian, Meridian Diadem. There yeah. you go. I have her up on the screen um, for reasons. I thought that that part was kind of cool, but I. Kale, where are you at with this book? <laughs> I thought the concept of the city was cool. And, you know, how he was explaining that at one point he was a hero and, you know, the uh, these guys have made him bad, so he's he's going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means he has to take, uh, take out the Earth. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like that's cool enough. Frankly, that would be more interesting an arc than what's happening here. The Avengers have to fight a planet-wide city? That's cool. Why Why are we dicking around with this, uh, this guy who literally on the page just says he's bored? He was speaking like, for me. I, listen, and me. <laughs> you guys are all Lord Ennui. I... Just, yeah, it's, it's boring. Why are we still here? Like, there has to come a time where you advance the story forward, right? And that hasn't happened, I feel. Like, I guess the idea is that, okay, now they might have a way to fight back because the city, you know, can be leveraged or or whatever. Maybe not, you know, but the Avengers are still just fighting. They're rallying. We don't even see them all in this issue. Um yeah. You know, I'm I'm really like so genuinely surprised. Like I'm shocked that this is what is happening. Um I can't believe it. You don't like that we don't see Scarlet Witch in the issue where she's on the cover? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that at all. Not one bit. I think that's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that Captain Marvel is uh stuck fighting this dude. Uh whose power is entropy and all she can do is like he's mocking her for trying to save every person what the hell else am i supposed to do i can't do anything else and then uh he's like oh you're the most interesting creature i've come across in a long time now why is that what has happened because she's trying to save everybody what does everybody else do just let everybody die villains always say this shit yeah, she hasn't done anything. And it looks like he's got like uh, World of Warcraft gear on. I kind of dig that. Yeah, he really does. That was cool. <laughs> it's the jailer. I just, I don't know. I'm clearly missing out because it's Tyler's pick of the week every week on the Discord server, which you guys should join if you're not there. I get when when this book comes up, someone always says. Oh, this is the book I disagree with Sean on. This is the book that I don't understand why he thinks that. Like, look. I don't get on here and say this stuff just to say it. 
I really don't see see what's in this book. I'm shocked that this is the quality Avengers book we are getting right now. No character work. Like this is what this is what we're doing. Go ahead, Gil. Like, why is this? Why why is your uh, Tyler and no offense, you don't have to respond to this. Your big selling point to this is you just mashing your action figures together. It's been five issues of mashing your action figures together. How, like, there's there's no plot here. There's no nothing. What what's happening? Cool, cool things like. <laughs> Like I don't know the fact what? that the, 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 there's though? a like what there's a hot robot woman who has a tesseract in her chest and her boobs open up and armies come out of it like that's neat. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, y'all can't argue that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like like I gave that credit because that was cool, and like Kale said, the city idea is cool. There are cool ideas in the mix. But it doesn't translate to, in my opinion, to a story. Like, I cannot afford to buy action figures because I'm buying these comics and nothing's happening in these comics. I could have more fun if I had a companion for my beast, okay? But I don't because I buy these instead. But nothing happens here. Man, the only action figure... The the only action figure you have is a genocidal maniac. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. I'm sorry. And uh, you know what? I think that the the art is a disservice is being done to the art as well, because I do think the art's pretty cool. I like it a lot. The coloring is um is interesting. I'm not criticizing it. Vision looks, and this is probably a design choice, but Vision looks like uh, '90s Vision to me more so. Yeah, classic Vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of color on like on uh, Sam Wilson. And Captain Marvel, I like the coloring. It's very bright. Um, it's got a fun look to it. I like the art a lot, but I don't understand what Jed McKay is doing. And the last thing I'm going to say about this comic book this week is that the, the way this all started was they're trying to solve, figure out the missing moment. Anybody thinking about that? That's not even in the picture right now. We're five issues deep. How long is this run going to be? It's missing in my the brain, missing, too. <laughs> yeah, the missing moment is whatever <laughs> moment you're talking about. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. Pass, dog. Pull. Pick of the week, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah Say it, coward. It's my uh, Avengers number five is my pick of the week. C.W. Gordon says, hope to God this is filler until Zdarsky's Avengers actually does something. I hate to break it to you, bro, but that's not what that is. Because this run promised something that it hasn't even sniffed yet, which is the Avengers going through the trials. This is the first trial of who knows how many. And you you guys are struggling through this trial. Yeah. Yeah, this Uh, is rough to me. Hoping to not be struggling for much longer. Well, strap in. Man, Scarlet Witch got those gloves on, too, on the cover, Sean. Am I, am I selling you a bit? No? No, okay, all right. Attempt. Attempt me. Just go to, mid, go to Midtown and look at the 
cover. Like that's true. Yeah. The... <laughs> Window shopping instead doesn't help. Um, Aaron Ruiz in the chat says, uh, "Does Sysperger have a book next week? Can we make it a triple? Can we make it a triple." I think it's been a triple. Am I wrong? Um. Well, last Man. week we had Uncanny. Yeah, because the week before that we had Immortal X Men. What the hell? I I'm was, pretty was he sure. on Immortal X Men? Yeah, I think you're right. Oh no no no! no I'm that's, crazy. That's I'm Kieran crazy. Gillen. That's that's yeah. That's Kieran Gillen. I confuse them all the time. Wow. So yeah, it's I don't conf- know. Confusing just the British people. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's if he's dropping something next week. Uh, Yo, but next if he week is, is nuts. <laughs> I'm sad about it. Dude, next week is God's Transformers and Birds of Prey. Sheesh. Oh, Exciting. We, um, wow. We'll probably have to be live on Wednesday next week. Sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, now. we'll we'll we'll, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought about that. Um, let's let's talk about the Immortal Thor. This is written by Al Ewing. Al Ewing, who we love so much. Uh, with art by Martin Cocolo and Matthew Wilson on the uh, I don't have the where are the credits in this comic book? Oh, there we go on colors. Joe Sabino on the letters. This was my pick of the week. Yeah, good. That's fair. Yeah, I think that every single criticism I feel like that I levied against. The books that we reviewed this week that I didn't like, Immortal Thor does everything right. Yes, it's the same fight from the first issue, but it ends in the second issue. And there's character work woven in to the conflict so that the conflict reflects Thor's inner turmoil. And it promises a much bigger problem because this is a villain who is a level up from Thor and it forces Thor to make decisions that could hurt Thor in the future not showing me a future it's taking action that could impact the future wait 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 let me get this straight you telling me that Al Ewing wrote a good comic book I'm telling you that Jed McKay wrote a bad one okay (laughs) Because all the things that I feel like were wrong about that issue are right about this one. And I'm sorry, I hate to compare. I know this is not about comparison, but I need to underscore how good this is and why I think that there are lessons to be learned. Mm -hmm. This was phenomenal. I can't even get over how this villain looks. He's so freaking cool looking. This, This like Utgard Thor. Bro, he's giving me like a Final Fantasy boss vibes to it. Yes, yeah. and like the way he he, he swung the the yeah. the uh, the wheel. Yeah. Oh. I go ahead, kill. There's very little I love more than a small guy taking on a really really big guy. Yeah, David and Goliath in you. Yeah. And. Thor has to figure out a way to defeat the Utgard Thor because everything is on the line. Like, the stakes are extremely clear. Like, this dude is not playing games. And he figures out a way to beat him 
and he uses, I guess, the Thor Force, what what oh. most people associate with the, the Odin Force. Sorry, Kill, what's that? No, he specifically used the Odin Force over the Thor Force. Okay, he uses the Odin Force. Yeah. But that is going to put him to sleep, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He got the itis now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, obviously, Thor sleeping is not a good thing for Midgard or Asgard or any other guard. Look at that sleepy baby. <laughs> I didn't even realize how sleepy he looked there. That was so funny, man. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh, look, it's just you. I got to go to bed, man. <laughs> got a bad case of the EPCPs. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a single thing to dislike about this book, man. I, I just feel like, you know, I'm getting the same vibe that Al Ewing has a story to tell with this that's going to revolutionize Thor and actually advance Thor, a character who I feel has not been advanced in quite some time. I'm ready to see that. Same way you did the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, and and I also think almost even more exciting is that I'm also excited for what he's doing with Loki. Um, yeah, because Loki has kind of been like within the past since like Marvel now, it's been like all right, uh, uh, Gillen and McKelvey's Young Avengers is great. How do we how do we keep that ball yeah. rolling? Oh wait, we got to consolidate that with the MCU that everyone loves Hiddleston. How do we keep that rolling? Yeah. There seems to be some evolution of Loki in this as well that I enjoy. Yeah, it feels like Al Ewing is taking a, a big swing with all this stuff. And, you know, I'm glad that Loki's a part of it. Um, you know, I think that setting up that Loki has a greater plan, but that that plan requires them to be a villain in Thor's life or a foe for Thor at this moment in time. I thought that that was also a really smart play. And again, it's setting up something from the future, not with a flashback, not with a flash forward, not a flash sideways for you lost fans, not even a panel indicating the future. Character saying, hey, I'm going to do this. This is going to impact what comes next. Yep. That's that story. That's that storytelling. I love this. I love it. Uh, one thing I love, thought balloons, thought bubbles. Mm. Can't believe those are back in a book in 2023. You mean they're These not replaced well. by narration boxes like everyone else does? Yeah. Yeah. It, but like Thor is a character that 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 it, it, a wordy introspection makes sense. It, it yeah. reminds me of the Simonson stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is classic great Thor. Yeah. Um, the art is also fantastic. Uh, it does a great job. It it reminds me of, and I'm, I'm forgetting the artist unfortunately at this moment. But it reminds me of Jason Aaron's store. There was a bit a beat of it where I feel like the art kind of looks similar to this. Tyler, can you help? Daughterman? Me Are you thinking of Russell? Yeah, yeah. I think it was yeah the Daughterman art. It looks. Yep. It has echoes of Daughterman in it, but it's a, it's its own thing. And when we see the Utgard characters, they look incredible. Um, you know, they look otherworldly. They don't look like the typical sort of villain you would see from a Marvel comic. They look 
different and off. And I like that. I think that's awesome. Um, and he brings the scope and scale of them to life really well. Um, so Kokolo is doing tremendous work. Um, and I think the coloring is great too. Matthew Wilson, everybody involved. This is a this is great comics. I cannot wait to be talking about this. You know, forty eight issues from now, getting to the big five zero and reflecting on how good this was. Pick of the week. Uh, it, yeah. it was close Deep to me. Book ruled. Yeah. yeah. So uh, actually, Matt Wilson colored Jason Aaron's store with with Dodderman, so that's probably where some of the consistencies lie. Yeah, I just just looked it up because I was pretty sure about that. That makes hey, well, hold on a second. So you liked Flash more than this? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I again, I felt like and, and this week, I do think you're right that Immortal Thor is the uh better book, the better constructed book. But I think Spurrier is also trying something with the Flash. And I think I might be a little bit more interested in that this week. It it does feel a bit like a mortal Flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, like, there is a big swing being made. I just think this one, uh, Thor hits, and I, I felt the Flash kind of whiff for me, but yeah. Well, and I think, I think that... Um, I think Spurrier is going to get in his own way, um, which we, you know, which we talked about. But I, and and the the immediate Diodato stuff doesn't do itself any favors, except when it does. Um, but I think the Flash could use a status quo change, um, and I I think that's more appealing. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, We have a super chat from one Marco Cunelata. It better not be from our account. (laughs) It better not be from from his own. Yeah, it's from his own. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he says, scrolling through the chat, y'all are sleeping slash wrong about Sysperrier's flash. Let's go, Kale. Marco, get back to work. Only look, you super chatted, so I, I you know, th- thank you for contributing to your own business. <laughs> that but, money laundering, yes, actually, we should probably um, look into that. We should ask yeah. our money guy. Wait, oh, it's our money guy doing it. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we'll accept all your opinions and we will debate them thoroughly on the next review of The Flash. Um, but uh, hey, Kale picked it as his book of the week, so there's something there. This week. This week. Well, we reviewed Ultimate Invasion. We reviewed every single issue of this run. And we thought now would be an appropriate time to talk about sort of what we want and what we project to come next. Obviously, we know that at New York Comic Con, we're going to get some more information. I expect to learn more about what the lay of the land will be as far as the other titles, but the ones we know for sure are the uh, Ultimates, whatever they're calling it, Ultimate uh, Ultimate Comics, Ultimates, whatever the first issue of that is going to be. Yeah. Ultimates. And then we're getting Ultimate Spider-Man, both written by Jonathan Hickman. 
And then I think Caselli is joining uh, Hickman on art for. It's Hickman and Caselli on Ultimate Universe. That's what it's Universe, called. Ultimate yep. Universe. Okay. And then, of course, uh, we know uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. We've got uh, Hickman, and then he's being joined by uh, uh, Chichetto. Marco Chichetto. Yeah. So we those are the things that we know. Everything else is supposition, essentially based on what we know from Ultimate Invasion, which is not a lot. Um. What other creative teams or, or creators do you think are in play for this world? Like, who do you expect to see? I mean, you asked me six months ago, I would have done Cates, but I don't think that's happening. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, I really don't know. Like, I'm not super into the. Uh, I'm not on the hype train unless something else has happened recently. But I feel like. Surely we're going to see some Donny Cates. You know, maybe he's not going to be piloting the ship like, you know, we've we've sort of speculated he was going to. But I feel like surely he's going to um, have a, a bigger presence or, or a presence at least. I mean, it is nice that it's keeping in, in you know, in play with the original Ultimates line by probably so far not having any women on the creative team. <laughs> um, so maybe you can get an actual female writer on a book. Who knows? Um, I, creative teams is a question mark for me because Hickman's even doing ultimate Spider-Man and he's in ultimate universe, which are yeah, wildly different. What I, in what I assume tone tone would be. Um, honestly, I think this would have been a chance to be like, Hey, Bendis has come back as, as, on Spider-Man, you know, because he's not really doing yeah. much right now. That's but. not what I would want. It's, it's not what I would want. I, I agree. I wouldn't want it, but I think there was an opportunity they could have taken. But, well, and this sort of takes me to a, a thing I sort of wanted to, to bring up about the ultimate line. Um, not to pivot too hard from Sean's question, but I think the ultimate line was at its best when it innovated. You know, so Miles or even just the idea of bringing Spider-Man's origin into, yeah. you know, the modern era, you know, 2000s uh, New York, and eventually Miles. And even, even at the time, the Ultimates, you know? And even, like, Reed. Like, it, it was an evolution of Reed as a character, too, kind of became yeah. the maker and all yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I think the big question mark for me isn't creative teams as much as characters yeah and, what and especially choose. coming out of invasion what is this world gonna look like it feels like lazarus <laughs> well before we get too far off characters i did want to talk about that um i or creative teams rather i think um a good consolation prize for donny cates would be to give him the ultimates title whatever whenever that comes around um, assuming there will be some form of Avengers and they will be yeah. called the Ultimates, he would be the guy that I would think they would let do that. Um, of course, yeah. he's the guy I think should be next at bat to run the ship for the Avengers proper, but he seems to want to do Ultimates work. He was slated to do Ultimates work before you know everything happened to him, so 
I think that would be the consolation prize um, for him. And then as far as women, at least in my mind, when you look at the landscape of Marvel, the women writers that they had who were on the rise seem to have jumped ship to DC. It's really just Teeny, yeah. They lost Leah Williams. Teeny Howard went over and she's working on Catwoman now. Um, so I don't even know if they have, like, who do they have? They lost a lot, I feel. Yeah, not to not to lump them in the yeah. gendered boat, but yeah. who am I thinking of? Vita Ayala. Vita Ayala, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where are they? DC, because they were doing Static Shock. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So DC snapped up all of those individuals. And, you know, so I don't even know who they would seek out for that. Um, but... I, I'm of the mind where like, I think that if you can't get Aaliyah Williams, or you can't get like they need to be seeking out top tier creators, in my mind. So shell out some money, pay individuals what they're worth, and let's get some great comics. Yeah, imagine seeing Kelly Sue come back to comics, you know, in a big way for this. You know, or even I would love to see Gail Simone do some stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Let her yeah. loose. That's sort of that's sort of what I was just trying to ruminate on is who are even the big creators at Marvel? I mean, you've got Al, you've got uh, John Hickman. You got a lot of people that are like on their way there. You know, like a Jed McKay, yeah. uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. You know, um, but yeah, there's no. There's a lot of. Uh, I'm going to bring a wrestling term into play here. There's a lot of good workers but there's yeah. not many stars yeah um and that's because they don't market it that way marvel used to market you know uh uh their writers as like the architects of the marvel universe i think they had they were they were much better at marketing their creators previously uh, i mean that's the thing stan did you know the bullpen was a thing um and i think they've lost that sure they have the stormbreakers for artists and all that but in terms of their writers i don't think they're really good at marketing it because they would just constantly that that would that would uh make their writers big and the writers would leave <laughs> uh they would go to tv or they would go to uh image they and do their own. own thing yeah yeah so maybe they got burned on that and that's why they're not doing that but well not even just not promoting they're not paying sure they lost yeah. rom v rom v yeah. is is dc exclusive now as far as you know the big two's concerned um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, yes, he's working on Hulk, but he's also planted his roots at DC as far as Superman goes. He's the guy that they're trusting to do action comics. That's a major deal. So it doesn't really feel like Marvel has the greatest stable of creators at their disposal right now, unless they're willing to drop some bread. And so that's what I think they have to do on that front. But you guys wanted to talk about characters, so let's shift gears and talk about characters. We haven't really seen any X-Men, like we've seen X-Characters, mutants, but there hasn't been much in the way of like a mutant presence. Oh, I don't think they attack I, Ultimate Mutants for, for a while. Uh, it is so well, convoluted. I don't know, because we've got uh, in the in Invasion, it was uh, Magic, Colossus, Sunfire, Sunfire, there, yeah. Mega Red's there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Silver Samurai, too. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a mutant presence. Yeah, I think 
honestly, I feel like that's one of the things he probably should have tackled in, in you know, Ultimate Invasion with, when he, you're reestablishing what this Ultimate Universe is. I think you maybe even in a throwaway line should have mentioned mutants and where they are because Ultimate Universe mutants are complicated. <laughs> um, it's not as cut and dry. Um, Relaunch Krakoa again. <laughs> shit, I mean, who knows? And if the... if you know, Magic and Colossus and Omega Red and Sunfire, if they're like the representatives of mutant kind, which is not the vibe that I got. I got the no. vibe that they're the representation of their nation. Yeah, like Japan um, and Russia. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, but they're 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 the people that Hickman chose. And they're the people that are being chosen by the nations. These are the only mutants we really saw. So like are they going to have some kind of sway or influence over mutant kind? I could see that being an interesting story, but those are the weird, those are weird characters for a role like that. I could also see it just being that they're just characters and like mutants is just a way of getting superpowers and there's no X-Men. I think, you know, uh, CW Gordon says if a reset is coming to main X-Men, it might be too messy tackling ultimate X-Men now. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And because ultimate X-Men itself was really messy yeah. yeah if that's what they're gonna do um then i think this is already a bust yeah because there are so many mutants and i think that they get lost in the shuffle extremely easily most mutants cannot carry a solo book so when will we see them that's why there has to be a rallying book, and that's why there has to be an X-Men. And if there isn't, then we're going to be reading a lot of Wolverine comics. That's just the reality of the market. You cannot you cannot do it any other way. I also wonder, though, in this world, what, you know, it's so up in the air after Invasion of, like, what are the forces you know right. we know we have captain america and iron lad iron lad <laughs> oh god i, I kind of like that what grown man calls himself lad the fucking uh the, the uh, skittles berries and cream guy uh, he was only 16 brian hitch. oh that's right yeah you're right you're absolutely right <laughs> forgot just brian hitch can draw teenagers yeah yeah um, but it, this also sort of makes me wonder about Spider-Man too. You know, we, we saw in the first issue, like the last page or something is the maker taking away the spider. So, so what's that going to look like? He took it away from Peter. So we know Sp Peter probably yeah. isn't the Spider-Man and Miles said no. So that's why I think it, it, there is a secret third that we're getting in this. Well, the Miles 616 ultimate universe miles said no but that doesn't mean that there's not a miles of this world what number universe yeah. is this by the way <laughs> it's is it's it explicit one, it's one six one oh yeah all right something like that um yeah i mean it's always possible that it's not peter or miles that seems like a big miss um not because you can't have other characters that are spider people but i don't know i thought the ultimate universe was about seeing the characters that we know in different ways not about you know introducing us to new spider people right at right out the gate and, and as you yeah. mentioned that that's kind of what i want 
Like I want to see Ultimate Black Panther. Like much more of a of a higher recog- mm-hmm. like people recognize Black Panther a lot more now. And I don't think that like I don't think he, there was ever an Ultimate Black Panther comic. Sure, I think he existed in like Ultimate Fantastic Four and all that stuff, but it was a side character. Yeah. Um so maybe something like that could be cool. I, I would like an Ultimate Daredevil, you know, like something like that tackled a little a little harder. I think this might be an opportunity to play with characters that maybe didn't get to shine during the previous Ultimates run. No, of course, but yeah. that's not what I was talking about. That I was talking about new characters, not sure. yeah. seeing characters used, you know. Well, I want Ultimate Black nice. Panther to not be T'Challa as well, just like the MCU. You're just trying to ch- trigger Chillmonger. <laughs> yeah, so I saw Chillmonger in the chat. <laughs> and it will yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> so watch it. <laughs> um, I think the deck shuffling that we have seen so far, as minimal as it is, does create an interesting space insofar as it's unfamiliar. Right? We have a very young uh, Tony Stark meeting Captain America, who... Looks like uh, Ultimate Captain America, but we don't know this Captain America at all. We don't actually know anything about him. And that was the interesting promise of the first cover that they showed that had uh, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man on it, but we don't know anything about them other than their appearance. And then the characters in silhouette, who we couldn't necessarily identify. I remember we felt like one looked like Black Panther, possibly... Um, but we weren't sure. And I'm interested in that. What is Thor like? What is Cap like? What's their dynamic going to be like? That's compelling to me. Yeah, one of them's definitely a spider character, too. I'm looking at the the cover now. Mm. Um, and if they're blanking it out, interesting to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, the, the, the wrench here... Uh, you know, not to harp on it again too much is this maker business, the the city, you know, this maker empire. You know, uh, I that's such a different swing from what uh, the ultimate universe was initially. So to call to call this ultimate as a reference to that, but make it this is very different. And I interesting feels like not the word I want to use, but interesting. The, the I, one, go ahead. I was going to say the one thing, you know, talking about characters and, and, and creators on it and how this is really only has Hickman's fingers in it when it comes to the, the main story. Um, it worries me because we've already done the Hickman makes this giant world and then other people have to play in it and people can't write like Hickman. Um, Hickman is a very singular voice. I'm worried that this is repeating that potentially going forward. Well, uh, honestly, it ain't like what Hickman did here lit anybody on fire. Truthfully, like this, (laughs) this didn't like when you read Hoxbox or if you reflect on it and then you look at this, it's like, Whoa, the DNA is borderline not even there. Not to say that the writing is poor. I'm talking about like the world building aspect and getting us to care while also introducing these themes. Like I'm interested, but I don't know. I don't know if I care. 
Yeah, that's uh, a lot of what you just said, Sean, gives me, especially on this end of Ultimate Invasion, really sort of confirms for me that this was done by someone else and had to be picked up by Hickman. So the Donnie Cates thing actually makes quite a bit of sense. You know, if it was a, uh, a, a Donnie, you know, this whole thing was cooked up by Cates and then he had his accident or whatever and Hickman had to pick it up. Right. That, that, that the bones of this were already laid out. Yeah. It's believable to me. And it's what I've been saying. It's, it's, it's believable to me. Um, are you guys excited for the eventual ultimate universe number one and ultimate Spider-Man number one, now that we're on the other side of invasion, like how did invasion impact your excitement? No, made me less. That's for sure. I think, uh, knowing that it's Caselli, that, that helps. Yeah. Um, knowing that it's not hitch helps. No offense to hitch, but, uh, so that has potential. Uh, I mean, going back to early early comics pal stuff could be good, but I'm not excited. Like you know, we're going to talk about it, right? So yeah. I I mean, look, I I sort of figured out from issue two that this was something that was not going to be essential. Because once the first issue I thought was hot, I thought it was great. It did what it needed to do. And then the second issue was just like a whole bunch of whatever. And I was like, okay, doesn't matter. So I didn't expect this ultimate invasion number four to really do much different than what it had been doing. So I put my focus on the future. And so, yeah, I am excited for these two books. I think Spider-Man, Hickman, I think that's great. I think that's a cool combination. And Hickman did great stuff with, with Spider-Man in uh, FF. Um, so, you know, I know he can tell stories with that character. And then Ultimate Universe, number one, we don't know what the hell that book's going to be. My assumption is that it is going to be the book that you read to read about the goings-on in the overall Ultimate Universe. Because I've said from the beginning, this will be a small line. So one book to tell you the overall story, one Avengers book, one Spider-Man book, one X-Men book, a Fantastic Four book, a Wolverine book, or maybe like an Iron Man book or Black Panther. I cannot see the line getting longer than about eight to ten titles. I can't see it getting longer than three. Well, we already know two of them. I know. That's why I think it's going to be one more, and that's it for now. Um, well, maybe for now, I'm talking yeah. about like, sure, 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 you know, the eventual expansion. Do you want me to read the uh, solicitation for Ultimate Universe number one? See how you feel? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the spoils of victory after the world's shattering conclusion of Ultimate Invasion, a new team of heroes bands together to save the future. So is that the Ultimate be book? Then? That's got to be the a jump forward. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time skip there. I mean, they got it. If, if Captain America is an established hero at that point. Right. How do you get to that place? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, be yeah. And then we do the, uh, well, then we do the, you know, the Captain America is your audience stand in and everything gets explained. Yeah. 
yeah, that could that could work. Or maybe the Spider-Man character. There are ways that they could make that work. I just I guess that's not as compelling, but uh, it'll come either way. November first. Well, so not not far. You're dude. right about that. Let's let's hit some listener comments. Uh the you guys have had some stuff to say about this subject, and I want to hear uh, how you guys are, are sounding off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh let's see. Dan Trudeau, the MCU is visually inspired by the Ultimate Universe, not story-wise. Yeah, I think that's a common misconception. Um, anyone who's read the Ultimate Universe can definitely tell you that there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of inspiration yeah. uh, other than the visuals. Imagine if Chris Mark- Evans played Ultimate Cap. <laughs> That'd be cool. I want to see that. Um. Uh, Marowak Askiro says, I did think that they were going to reboot the Maker's Earth to create the new universe. Uh, that's, I think that's kind of what we all thought, too. Yeah. Exactly. Somehow that didn't happen. Marco, my, I wish Marco knew what the hell he was talking about. Oh, Get Jeff Johns on the horn. He needs to save a universe. Get don't out of here. That. Oh, my God. Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> like the only only listener comments you can just that we ever react negative to negatively right. to the ones of people on the show. <laughs> oh, Marco, Marco you know you could join the call. Like <laughs> he said, "I'm going to be late to the chat." Yeah. Um. Dan says, "I guess I'd rather them do something interesting in their main line." And try to create a second line. And I think that's kind of where I'm at too with the ultimate stuff yeah. is the main line of Marvel comics feels very stale. It feels on, it feels like it's safe, not risky. The same uh, circumstances presented themselves over 20 years ago when the ultimate universe was born. Um, there was a need to spice things up, but this does not feel like that. The ultimate universe felt bombastic, exciting right out the gate. You didn't know anything, but you didn't know anything because there was nothing to know. It was just like all new and like here for you. This is setting up stuff. This is table setting. This is, you know, there was no table setting to the ultimates. It was just like, here's their story. This is how they got together. This is what they're about. This is who they are. This is the mission. Yeah. You know, this is not the way that you introduce new readers or whatever, like. This isn't daring. It might be cool, but it's not daring. Is it cool? It might I be. I don't even know if it is. I don't. I didn't particularly find any of it that cool. It is so radical. I don't think uh, uh, Brian Hitch can do cool. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think he could have. He used to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not to say he can't. Uh. But this wasn't it. You know, Ultimates was cool. This was not the vehicle for him to be able to express how he expresses cool art in 2023. And to be honest with you, I don't even think that this would have looked tremendous in 2001. And maybe that's a hot take. But the reason why is because I don't actually believe that the script that and and you know what was needed to be shown, I don't think it plays to Hitch's strengths at all. I really don't. Hitch does not do uh, a whole issue of characters talking uh, new political structure in the world in some neoclassical hotel room. 
I don't know, man. He did a whole scene about uh, that fan casted the Avengers movie where they're all sitting around and talking heads about it. So I just think I just think it's this wasn't there. Well, like for me, in my mind, when I think about Hitch, these pages that have like hundreds of poppy superheroes and stuff like, yeah, I just don't think that's his bag. Yeah, that was, I don't. That's rough. Yeah, like that. Like yeah. when, and we know Hitch. We know Hitch well. Why would you pick? What? Why would you write this for Hitch? You know, like why would that be? That's not Hitch. Yeah, it's like giving JRJR a giant splash page with a whole bunch of characters to draw. Like not to his strengths. Right, or like asking, uh, uh, uh like Rob Liefeld or whoever to draw feet. Like if yeah. they're not good at it. They shouldn't probably, you know, hide the weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with that. You said it up. I think Brian Hitch is super talented. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let the record show. Yeah, this time. <laughs> um, John's is too busy crafting the new Watchmen universe. Okay, I highly doubt that. <laughs> um, is he I working think... on Watchmen or Doomsday Clock too? No. No. John okay. at the at John's at the current moment to my, my knowledge is working on the golden age uh stuff and private outside big two projects. Yeah. yeah. Which we've seen. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um we're gonna find out in November. We're gonna find out a lot more at New York Comic Con. We're gonna have more details at New York Comic Con. So We'll be there. We'll be able to tell you guys our experience there and what we learn and whatnot. But I think Marvel might have actually done more harm than good with Ultimate Invasion. I would really be interested to hear from people who like it, genuinely. I'd be interested to see them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, Sean. I think I think my my excitement for Ultimate Invasion 1 was much higher than my excitement for Ultimate Universe 1 is. Because yeah. of Ultimate Invasion. Wow. Dan makes a really good point. Ultimates brought Bendis, Millar, Rucka, etc. to Marvel. Does anyone think this can do something like that? No. It hasn't so far. I don't think it can because I just don't think comics are in that place. I don't think big two comics are in that place anymore. Like, It's just very different. No one would be allowed to do the kinds of things that Miller was doing in the Ultimates book. It's just not not going to happen. The way he was writing those characters and you know um, the themes and things that he was touching on, I just don't think that Marvel's in that place anymore. You don't think Marvel will yeah. write an incestuous relationship in comics anymore? <laughs> they don't have they don't have anything to. Uh, I'm sorry, they have too much to lose and not enough to gain. Sure. Yeah. Well, we thank you guys for choosing us every single week as your comics podcast. We've got two of them. This one, Pals Pulls, which we appreciate you guys tuning into, which you can do so every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays at 10.15 a.m. EST for the main show, where uh, I'm not even sure what we're going to talk about this week, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. A strike just ended, so I'm sure that'll come up. Um, and we're always having a great time. So you guys know the drill. Come hang out. It'll be fun. Um, 
Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to support your boys. If you like this podcast, if you enjoy what we do and you want more of that and you want us to be able to continue to do this and do it at an even higher level, um, that is the best way to support. Super chats, of course, are always open as well on these live streams as we saw our esteemed colleague Marco drop one earlier. Who has the most uh, uh, despicable YouTube icon ever. He looks like a degenerate in it. So (laughs) I mean that lovingly, Marco, as well, because... (laughs) <laughs> wow um join our discord server always a lot of fun over there uh if you want to influence this show you can do that by heading to youtube.com slash the comics pals hitting the community tab and voting in the listener pick poll which is up every friday closes on wednesdays get your votes in we'll review the winner as we do every single week right here on pals polls for kale and tyler i'm sean saying thank you We love you. We'll see you in the next one. Good night. See you next week.